What's going on, man? <laughs> hey, Ben. How was my How was my intro? It was good. Yeah, it's always good. You know, I I, yeah. I could tell in the You're group. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Energetic and friendly. Well, I tell you what. If if I'm inter, if I'm entertaining, you're you're the looks. You look darn good tonight. And I don't know what you did. <laughs> um, you know, I know you spent the. You're I don't in, know what I did either. You're in Florida for the weekend for the American Academy of Anti Aging Conference. Uh, we were down there with with Digest Shield. It was super super fun. Um, but maybe that's it. Maybe you're just a little more relaxed, you know? Well, I didn't get much sun down there. We were in classes all the time, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I had a great time, learned a lot of great stuff. There's going to be a lot of good podcasts coming out of the information that I got at the conference. And it's always nice to be around people that other doctors that think like I do. And, uh, it's just a different type of doctor. Yeah, it's it's super. Um, it's energizing. Um, it's refreshing, and uh, and I'm really pumped to 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 listen to these next couple episodes because I know you uh, took a lot from the from the different lectures. Um, and I think you know, uh, of course, you get new ideas, but also it affirms a lot of stuff. One thing uh, one thing you mentioned to me over the weekend was that that line: inflammation drives insulin resistance, and you talk about inflammation and insulin resistance so much. And um, to see them in the same sentence was kind of interesting for me. Uh, but that seemed yeah. to be a theme. That was a the theme of the whole conference this, this spring was um, inflammation, inflammaging. And, you know, a lot of what we do in our practice is because of insulin resistance. That's why everybody's overweight and feels so bad. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that were re very interesting that um, reinforced what we do. But also, there's some really world-class experts that were there talking about new things, new things to do. Um, you know, it's, it's just really interesting. I had a great time. I'll, I'll give a summary of it, maybe the next podcast. Um, and there's certainly... There's so many different subjects we, we can go down. We will go down, too, because I, I love diving into these things. Yeah, because it's so much fun to talk about. And, these, you know, there's so many different strategies and philosophies. And, you know, one of the things we love to do on the show for the, you know, for the people here who are who are new is is we just love talking about these things and, and, and hearing from you guys in the comments what's working for you. Um, and, uh, and, you know, as a community here, uh, you know, age more healthy. Um, so, uh, I'm excited to hear some of this, uh, some of this new insight you got from the conference. So guys stay tuned for that over the next couple of weeks. Um, I, this, this is a, you know, I don't know if I should put this up here yet cause we might lose a lot of our, uh, audience. Um, <laughs> Hey, can you, I may need to explain this, but can you put a picture of, uh, Ike and Izzy when they got into the methylene blue? Uh, goodness, we, we, <laughs> that's not, that's not why they're not here tonight, <laughs> but it, that was kind of, <laughs> kind of one thing that was just hilarious. That was, uh, uh, we ordered some methylene blue to come into the, to the house instead of the office because <laughs> Jenny wanted to order her some. And so we weren't here when it came and, and, uh, Ike obviously jumped up on the counter and, and got it. Then Izzy got into the methylene blue and, Methylene blue is hard to get out of carpets and um, hardwood floors <laughs> and dog hair. 
So if we can come up with a picture to show you, that's kind of cute. But it, anyway, it, no, so Ike and Izzy are at a long-awaited uh, training school now, so they won't be joining us tonight. <laughs> They're getting trained, which we were going to do anyway. But uh, yeah, that that's a good picture of uh, Izzy's can, blue mouth and blue paws. Can anybody if, can can anybody relate to this? Any of our methylene blue uh, enthusiasts? Uh, can you guys relate to that? Um, <laughs> we'll try to get a better picture. That, of course, is on my phone. Uh, but man, we've got so many great questions coming in. Meditation Universe, I see you. Uh, love that question on uh, on some of those supplements with NAC, and that's perfect. Uh, DG, grass uh, along the lines with methylene blue. Um, uh, actually, a really good question, um, and and one that uh, we deal with a lot, along with the G6PD test. Um, so let's, we're going to jump in. We only got a, uh, I believe one question that came in through the week. So we're just going to get this one question real quick. Then we're going to dive into, uh, the live portion of the show. Uh, so if you guys have questions, go ahead and put them in the comments. We're going to get to those, uh, real soon, a little sooner than normal. And, uh, we're going to spend the majority of this show, uh, with the live comments. So this is absolutely awesome. Um, so let's jump into this pop. Um, if you were waiting on cancer surgery, what health steps would you take? Um, give a little context here, Pop. Um, you know, we put out a podcast last week on the Common Sense MD on fenbendazole and artemisinin. And, you know, these are some alternative type treatments uh, to cancer. So we're, we're getting a couple cancer questions here and there. Um, but this seems to be, you know, kind of if you were in their shoes, um, what would mm -hmm. you do? Uh, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah, well, I'd certainly, um, a lot of it depends on the type of cancer, how advanced it is. And obviously I would do the same thing. If I had a solid tumor, you could get cut out. I would certainly get it cut out and then decide on the other options, like whether it be chemo, radiation, um, or a biologic, uh, you know, therapy. There's a lot of different new things they're doing. Um, but definitely the first thing I would think about would, would be getting, make sure my vitamin D level was good because, you know, if you, if you're facing surgery, if you have a vitamin D level, that's over 50, you have a lot better chance of uh, doing well with that surgery. So certainly take your vitamin D, you know, I, I've always told people if I had any type of cancer, I would immediately go on a um, ketogenic diet and think about IV vitamin C. So I'd get a G6PD blood test drawn to get ready for that. Certainly, I wouldn't interfere with your oncologist's treatment, and they would know everything that I'm doing. Um, but, you know, there's some alternative things you can do, like we talked about last week, uh, Finben and Artemisinin, and certainly um, those are uh, additives that you could consider doing. Um, but, you know, just make sure and get on the – the team with your oncologist and, and anybody else that you trust that maybe have some other alternative things that you could think about, but, um, you know, don't wait too long on your, on your surgery for sure. Um, again, it depends on what kind of cancer that you have, but those are things I would think about. And the other things I would do would be keep a positive attitude. Like I, I talked about today in my podcast, um, I would certainly get out and walk. I'd get a good night's sleep. You know, I would, 
uh, do a lot of reading, inform yourself about uh, the different types of uh, cancer treatments and what may be best for you. Um, get other opinions on it. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you know, make sure you eat right and don't eat. Cut out refined sugars at the very least. And uh, walk, get, get some sunshine, get a good night's sleep. Uh, prepare yourself for uh, surgery and your recovery. And keep a positive attitude. You know, you're going to do well. So um, keep that in mind. Meditation is great. Yeah. You know, and, and so those are some of the things I would do. You know, one thing as you're talking there that, that kind of, I, I, I can't get this out of my head when I was talking with uh, Dr. Dan Bolton, who we've had on Outside the Box and we've had on the Common Sense MD as well. Um, you know, he talked about how his wife actually, you know, really like did a deep dive and, and they really took it upon themselves to educate themselves on, on his particular type of cancer. Um, so I, I love that you said the reading part and really, you know, asking for second opinions, uh, seeking out, you know, more information. Um, that seems to me to be, you know, a part of the success formula. Would you kind of, would you agree with that? Did you get that yeah. from the, from yeah. Dr. Bolton? Yeah, I really did. Yeah. There's no way no doctor was going to tell him to do what he did. Um, but he's a researcher. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, I would certainly research all the, all the different ways you could go about it. And one thing I do, which is weird for a doctor, but I get, I get in on some of these chat rooms mm. and I learn a lot through those chat rooms, people that, have your type of condition, uh, talking to, to other people with it and coming in ways, things that help them. Mm. So I learn a lot as a doctor through listening to these chat rooms. Yeah. And, uh, because a lot of what I do is a blend between traditional and alternative, the best of both. So you don't want to get out on either side too far. Yeah. Um, and certainly don't be afraid to ask questions or seek other uh, opinions. Um, Cause they're out there. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's yeah what I, would do. I, I love that. And, you know, as you often say, you know, remember the doctor's working for you. And, uh, you know, I think that's important to, to understand, especially, you know, something. And it's your body, it's your yeah. body, your decision. Yeah. So, uh, so you really got to wade into it and, and, uh, give it all the effort you can to educate yourselves about the, the different treatments and what may be right for you. Yeah. So. Um, well, you know, to the person who sent that question in, we're, we're, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you. Um, and, and please join us here every Tuesday. Like the, you know, what we're, one of our big ambitions here is to, you know, provide a place of, of encouragement and education. And, um, you know, the people in the comments here are so thoughtful and wise. Uh, I can't think of a better, um, community to, to be a part of. Uh, so we're thinking about you and we love you. Um, all right, we're going to get to the live questions here. Um, I see uh, a lot coming in. Pam's got a great question on uh, pellets. Uh, thank you. I'm going to put this up here um, from from uh, from Linda, one of our super, super dear friends uh, who I consider family. Uh, the Cleveland Clinic will do a virtual second opinion. It was very helpful for me. Thank you uh, for putting that in there, Linda. Wonderful. Um, that's amazing. I agree. That's one of the best things we do uh, is, is the Cleveland heart panel. Yep. There's so much more on there than just heart stuff, but it, it's a great way to start. 
Um, um, I see Allison's in here. Uh, I, I love you, Allison. Uh, she's over at the Blake uh, with my grandmother, Mary. Uh, Allison, thank you for, for joining us, joining uh, with us tonight. As always, we see you every single Tuesday. Uh, just a wonderful part of our show. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, Velma, great question. Um, all right, we're going to uh, start up here uh, with One Step Forward on YouTube. Um, my wife has been having reoccurring UTIs uh, to a year. Uh, what could be the cause? And uh, she has been getting an antibiotic. Is there more, a more natural remedy? So it seems uh, two UTIs a year, uh, been on antibiotics and looking for kind of your thoughts on those as well as uh, more natural. Yeah, you know, recurring UTIs, if it's only two a year, that's not bad. Um, gosh, some people have them, you know, weekly. Um, and those are the people that may need to take a chronic antibiotic, usually macrodantin. There's a lot of people that have to stay on them, unfortunately. But there are all some alternative ways. The reason she's getting them because she's a woman and they have a short urethra. It's prone to get uh, bacteria in the bladder. And uh, so certain, you know, like drinking a lot of water and things like that, you know, um, help certainly uh cranberry juice cranberries a lot of people um uh, but my favorite of course is methylene blue um i think methylene blue is great for both treating and preventing utis so i would just take a daily dose of methylene blue um just try not to get it all over you like our dogs did you know because you, <laughs> you you'll be as blue as my shirt for a while <laughs> but try methylene blue it's over the counter it's inexpensive you just put the drops in a glass of water and drink it every day. I think it really helps. I think every woman in a nursing home should be on those because a lot of times when they get a UTI, they don't have symptoms that they can tell you about. They get really sick and end up in the hospital uh, with sepsis, and it was from a UTI that they didn't know they had. The other thing, the other reason they should be on it is because it enhances cognition. And a lot of people in the, in the nursing homes are um, – you have dementia, so it helps in that regard too. So I like methylene blue. I drink a lot of water, practice the hygienic things, and um, hopefully that will help. Um, real quick, because I know we will get questions around dosing. Um, can you give us just kind of just in general dosing suggestions? Well, for that, eight to 10 drops in a, in a four to six ounce glass of water daily. Um, usually do it in the morning. Cause it kind of energizes you don't do it right before bed because you know, may keep you more, give you more energy. You can't sleep. Okay. I haven't seen that, but theoretically. I've actually heard this. I think it was um, Katie who um, when asked about, you know, what gives you energy, you know, her first response is methylene blue. So uh, super interesting uh, around that. So one step forward, I hope that helps over on YouTube. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, Jack, I see you, man. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, Terry, what's up, man? Um, all right, let's get to, uh, McKenzie here, um, over on YouTube. Have you heard of the Dutch hormone test? I've heard it's really comprehensive because it's supposed to be able to find problems in the hormone pathways instead of just looking at the end values of uh, first off doc, uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about, uh, the Dutch and, uh, and then you yeah, can we do the, we do the Dutch test at, our, at all our offices, it's a very comprehensive uh, urine metabolite test. And you're right. It really, especially the people I do this on, the people that are worried about it, for, you know, worried about 
using estrogens uh, because of, of a family history of breast cancer or something like that, that really, um, you know, if you do a deep dive on it, um, you know, estrogen does not cause breast cancer. Um, at least the bioidentical estrogens that we use in replacement, um, we certainly don't use estron. So it's really helpful in differentiating the different paths that it goes down. It can do, go down the two, four, the 16 path, and it, you know, it teases out the estrone, which is the type of estrogen that you don't want that is dangerous. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of misinformation about hormones, as you know. Um, but yeah, it's a great test. It also has a lot of cool stuff on it, like um, neurotransmitters. And uh, it's just a really in-depth, cool mm -hmm. test. It's, it's very comprehensive. So you need to go to a, uh, a provider that's familiar with uh, analyzing it. And there are not many that are, are out there. Uh, you saw the Dutch people at the at the uh, at the Florida conference last week. They were big in that. So it's a really good test to, to get. Um, and you're right; it, it's the pathways. Uh, you know, some of them are safer than the other pathways. So if you've got most of it predominating towards the pathway, you may consider more progesterone use or or that type of thing. So sometimes it, it really helps in decision making. Uh, with uh, types of hormones and, you know, who you may want it to avoid it on. Um, but uh, yes, we do them. Can we you them. Um, just real quick, and I think you did say this um, when you started answering this question, uh, who, who is kind of a typical patient you would run a, a Dutch test on? Uh, somebody was worried about okay. starting on bioidentical hormones, or maybe that was interested in their, or maybe that, started on one and didn't feel right or um, that type of thing or that wanted to look just take a deep dive into some of the other stuff stuff like cortisol melatonin uh pathways um you know norepinephrine epinephrine dopamine it's got some pretty cool stuff on it if um, if you had a, a female patient who had has had cancer before and was wanting to talk about going on, on to hormones, is this something that you would definitely run or not necessarily? Not necessarily, because okay. if they're estrogen progesterone positive, you're not going to use hormones on them of any type. Okay. Um, more for medical legal reasons than anything, but certainly um, you, you avoid that. So, but you know, uh, it also looks at testosterone. And as you know, for women that have had breast cancer, testosterone is very helpful for them, especially the pellets. There's a lot of evidence that um, testosterone pellet in women that have had breast cancer reduces their chance of recurrence. Mm. Um, and we've got some information on one of the main cancer surgeons, breast cancer surgeons that, that does uh, testosterone pellets uh, talk about it and all. Um, so that's interesting too, um, because of all the hormones, that's the one that uh, makes you feel the best male or female. Um, and there's very few people I wouldn't put on testosterone. Um, there are a few exceptions. Like if you had a lot of, if you're using testosterone alone, then, um, somebody that had a lot of placking in their coronary arteries, I'd probably avoid it. Um, but, um, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, women that have had breast cancer, uh, can't take, 
estrogens because estrogens are very cardioprotective and you know cardiovascular disease um, kills most women as well as most men I mean they're 40 times more likely to die of heart disease than breast cancer mm. so um, that's one thing I, I tell women when they're coming in if they're worried for some reason about getting breast cancer because of estrogen which is not going to cause it um, you know I talk to them about their chances, you know, the protective effects of estrogen, especially the heart. We talked a lot about that, Dr. Pam Smith, that down our meeting this week. Um, very cardioprotective. Um, and, uh, of course, you, you're talking about your bones being protected, your brain being protected. So, um, you know, we talk about a lot of this stuff when, when people come in the office. And, but read the book, you know, read the book, Dr. Pam Smith, all about women's hormones. If you're worried, she's the world's guru on this. So read her book. Um, as a matter of fact, I talked to her this week and, and I told her that every every woman that comes in my office, I tell them about your book. She said, thank you. It's super, she's super very, helpful. Very smart, yeah. really super nice lady. She gave me a free book. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, huge shout out to Dr. Pam Smith. Uh, Mackenzie, thank you so much for that question. Uh, from Virginia there. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Um, all right, let's get to DG here. Uh, DG is asking, hello, Dr. Rogers. I've seen a couple videos where you discuss methylene blue and G6PD. I have a uh, beta thalassemia. Am I automatically disqualified from taking methylene blue? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, I like to get the G6PD test um, and... You know, if you're if you're low on G6PD, and I found one of those a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, that's the only two I've ever found. But mostly, I do that because you don't want to um, give high dose vitamin C to somebody that has that um, mutation, um, which is a common mutation in other parts of the world, not so much here. But um, you know, and it, you know, again, you'd want to get your okay from your hematologist, but in the doses that we use, um, you know, methylene blue, it, it's safe. Um, you, you know, I don't even check if I'm using a normal dose of eight drops per glass of water once a day, I don't even check G6 PD. Uh, you really don't need to. I've, I've listened to a lot of, uh, podcasts and read a lot of his stuff. I forget the guys. He's a, he's a PhD, um, at University of Texas, who has been studying methylene blue for 30 years. And uh, he says, it, you know, it's, it's kind of over worried about in, in situations like that. But uh, certainly um, it probably wouldn't hurt you, but let your hematologist, if they do a deep search on it, I don't think they're going to disqualify you from doing that. But since you have that, go ahead and get a G6PD test um, as well. All righty, DG. I hope that helps. Um, I'm having a little bit of a technical difficulty here, guys. I'm all of a sudden not able to see your comments, um, and I have no idea why. So I'm going to try and figure uh, this out. Um, but I'm not seeing any comments, and I know they're here because um, there were a ton. Um, hold on one second. And what I might have to do is look at it on here we're going to get to a couple of uh let's see here 
All right. Looking on my phone until once these uh, populate again. Uh, sorry, DG. I'm going to have to keep you up there because I can't. Uh, my comment section is not working. Um, okay. So we're going to get to this one uh, from Facebook. Uh, let's see here. Let's get this from Pam. Uh, Pam, I apologize for not putting this up here. Uh, the question is, can you do hormone pellets if your levels are okay on the cream? Sure. Yeah, you sure can. Um, you know, if you get tired of um, applying the creams, if they're messy or, you know, you don't feel like it's working as well, uh, then you can certainly try the pellets. Um, you know, the pellets are my preferred way of doing it. Um, just for the fact that, you get a nice even level and it just seems to work and be a little more effective. Um, and some women like Jenny, she says like night and day when she went from the cream to the pellets. Uh, so, um, yeah, try them and see, you know, if you're feeling great and your levels are good and you have no problem, and if you don't mind putting the cream on, just keep doing that. But, um, if you want to try something different, see if you could feel even better or less hassle, you could certainly consider the pellets. We do a lot of pellets. Um, um, thank you for this, Pam. And, and I'm just going to say to our to our team, uh, I can now see the comments, so I am good to go. Thank you for uh, bailing me out there right now. Uh, but I'm good to go now. I see all the comments. Uh, had a little bit of a tech scare there. Uh, so we're going to get to YouTube here. Uh, another reason Another reason I was going to answer Pam's question, another yeah. reason I like pellets is because you're putting testosterone and, and uh, estradiol on the pellet. You can't put progesterone in it. So if you're not sleeping well, I like an oral progesterone at night. And so you take the oral progesterone, you've got your pellet, so you don't have to worry about the creams at night. The oral progesterone seems to help you sleep better than the, than the uh, cream does, and it's certainly safe. So that's another reason if you're not sleeping, you might want to try the pellet instead of the cream. I uh, hope that helps, Pam. Thank you uh, for the comment over on Facebook. Uh, Meditation Universe is asking, I recently started taking D-L-phenylalanine, uh, also taking NAC and alpha-GPC. Should I be taking all of these every day? I don't know the uh, D-L-phenylalanine. What's your thoughts? Phenylalanine. Uh, yeah, a lot of people take that. It's a good antioxidant. You know, NAC is a, is a good... Um, detoxer and precursor to glutathione and uh, alpha GPC. It's kind of like, it's very similar to phenylalanine. Um, I mean, you, you're okay to take them. Um, you know, like I tell a lot of people, I would take my vitamins like six days a week. Um, you're not going to be hurt taking them seven days a week, but you know, I think with any medicine, most medicines, I won't say any medicine, most medicines, especially vitamins, it's good to take a break from them. Like on vacation, don't take them, you know, just uh, maybe take them six days a week instead of seven. So, but I don't see any problem with taking them the way you are. Fine. All right, Meditation Universe, thank you for the question. Uh, over on YouTube, let's get to Stan's question. Um, having kidney stones in the past, how to prevent them, and if you get them, are there ways to get rid of them without surgery, like herbal or natural remedies? Um, well, one thing, drinking a lot of water helps. Mm -hmm. um, and when you pass a kidney stone, 
make sure you get it analyzed to make see what it, it's made of. If it's calcium oxalate or if it's possibly a uric acid stone. So you, you never know until you really analyze it to see. So if your uric acid levels are high and it's a uric acid stone, you can take a medicine to lower that. Um, you know, there is something, I forget the name of it. I don't know if Katie's listening to this, but she wouldn't mind me telling you, she has a lot of kidney stones. And she got um, a compound made at Max that really helped her. Um, if she's listening, she can pop it up there. I forget the name of it, but um, it really seemed to be something that I'd never heard about that seemed to work really well for her. Mm. So if we can find the name, we will. Um, people that have kidney stones may, may want to stay away from really high doses of vitamin D and maybe even vitamin C um, and avoid certainly tea and carbonated beverages. Uh, so, but the other thing we'll try to, we'll try to get the name of it for you, Stan. Uh, some people just form a lot of stones for mm. some reason. I think some of it's hereditary. We're in the stone belt being in the South because a lot of people are just dehydrated all the time. Um, I, I would probably take methylene blue too. Um, if it was me. Uh, Stan, I hope that helps. We'll keep you posted on uh, on the the other uh, supplement there. Um, let's get to uh, Velma here on Facebook. What herbal supplements or foods to help normalize your adrenal glands? Um, That's great. Those yeah. are called adaptogens, which mean they work whether your cortisol is too high or too low. Cortisol being the one of the hormones from your adrenal glands. Uh, it's we call it the stress hormone. It's really the only hormone that goes up as you age. The rest of them come down. So, um, yeah, I certainly like um, ashwagandha, rhodiola, L-theanine, ginseng. Uh, those are my favorite ones. You could even just take Dr. Roger's stress formula. It has saffron, which is another great one, uh, ashwagandha and L-theanine in one pill. You know, we can't keep those things in. I think that may be my most popular uh, supplement that I put together and had the folks at, uh, in, in Portland, Oregon, make them for me. So those are the ones I like best. Uh, certainly, um, that's the thing everybody worries about. Nobody looks at it. Nobody looks at a, their adrenal glands too much. But it's really important. For example, if you have thyroid problems or diabetes, if your cortisol's out of whack, either high or low, then it's going to be hard to control your diabetes. And it's going to be hard to for your thyroid supplement to work because they're always talking to each other. Mm. Those three glands, your pancreas, your uh, thyroid, and your adrenals, minute by minute. So they all have to be balanced. So those are the ones I really like. Um, Super interesting. Thank you for that question, Velma. I hope that helps. I'm going to put this up from Stan. Uh, started taking methylene blue yesterday. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, Thank good. you for putting that in. I have a lot of people that take methylene blue, and they say within 30 minutes, their cognition is better. Mm. And certainly, I take it before my workouts. And I just mix my methylene blue up with the perfect aminos and drink it right before my workouts. And it seems like I get less short of breath um, and have more energy. So, um Good luck with, with those kidney stones. 
thank you for that, Stan. Thank you for letting us know. Uh, let's get to Marsh here on YouTube. I've been keto carnivore since I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes six months ago. Any suggestions? Um, that's, that's awesome. I, I think you would probably suggest going on something like this. Uh, but what's your suggestion for yeah. Marsh here going on keto or carnivore? Yeah, I love it. I mean, a lot of people have a hard time staying in ketosis um, entirely, um, but they kind of go together. I love the carnivore diet, especially if you're having gut problems. I think it really helps. Um, and just look, you know, you might even try. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do now for type 2 diabetes. In my opinion, you know, especially if you get it early and, you know, you're still making a lot of insulin, uh, then, you know, you can cure your type two diabetes just by diet. Mm. Um, but certainly, um, I would also probably add berberine, um, which is almost like a natural metformin type drug without the GI side effects. Uh, but, uh, sounds like to me, you're going to, you're going to do great. You're, you probably don't even have type two diabetes, uh, if you're on that kind of diet for that long and, but stick a, you know, a freestyle Libre on the back of your arm and, and check your sugars, uh, continuously. I think that's a really good thing to do for any kind of diabetic. I know my two type one diabetic children certainly wear continuous glucose monitors and it's way better than anything for, for knowledge and control of your sugars. You can tell what it's doing during the night, after you ate something, if you're fasting. Um, you know, another thing that a big point that was made during the, this week's conference in Florida was the benefits of fasting. Yeah. Just tremendous. Uh, and certainly intermittent fasting is an easy way to do that. Um, one of the speakers was talking about it and they said something that I remember. Um I said, there's only one thing that all the various religious groups agree on. Well, only one thing they ever agree on, and that's fasting. <laughs> they all recognize the benefits of fasting. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's super interesting. Um, Marsh, thank you so much for that question and that discussion. I'm going to put this up from Carter. Uh, thank you, Carter, for putting this in. Uh, it's called Eurogesic Blue for Kidney Stones. Uh, it's at max if you're in Kingsport. Um, but but look for that Eurogesic Blue. Uh, thank you for putting that in there, Carter. Hope that helps Stan. Thank you, Carter. Um, let's get to to this one because I, I, you know, honestly, uh, I, I really like hearing you talk about this type of question. I think it really helps a lot of people. Um, long question here, so bear with me, guys. Um, my husband, almost 70, was told by his primary care doctor that he is diabetic now with an A1C of 6.6, has since started metformin. Since he started this three weeks ago, he's had two spells that made him feel terrible, and when checked his sugar, it was 236. Prior to him starting metformin, he had never done that. His sugar was never over 145. What could he do to be in better control of this now? Metformin is not anything he would like to take anyway. It seems to make him feel terrible. Uh seems like it, it's a continuation here and I'm not seeing it there, Teresa. It seems like, what would you do? Um, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Um, you're going to guess. 
Uh, no, I, I think that I think that's what the what it is. I can't see a continuation oh, here from Teresa. I thought you were going to guess at the answer. Oh no no but no you no! You probably no. know the answer. Number one, number one, I would get on very low carb diet. It doesn't have to be as extreme as keto. I love the carnivore diet because it is a low carb diet. Um, you might try berberine. Have him try berberine to see if he feels better on it. Certainly less side effects, and it's over the counter. It's inexpensive. Um, yeah, metformin makes, it has some side effects. A lot of people don't like, I don't know why sugar would go up like that. Um, why, because of metformin, but, um, there's some other good, uh, alternatives if he has to be on a medication and the diet exercise and berberine don't work. I hope he's getting a, a freestyle Libre. Please get him a continuous glucose monitor. Um, I think most people can get them, you know, for free for two weeks, but he's on probably on, he's like me. He's probably on Medicare, which probably doesn't cover, but you can get them cash for inexpensive, at least for two weeks to see the patterns. But, um, I love his, uh, CGM for sure. But, um, there's a couple other medications, you know, if, if he's overweight, then definitely I would check out Ozempic. Um, you know, that's that's a life changer for so many people. Um, that and the, and the semiglutide, um, you know, is just on Monjaro now, which is another brand that's just as good, maybe better for some people, but um, which is a once a week shot. Um, I call those the drugs of the last century for sure, for a lot of reasons, not just diabetes. But um, you can also get the uh, other medis medications like um, Jardiance or Farsiga that uh, allow the um, glucose to be carried out through the urine, doesn't get in the bloodstream. So those there's a lot of options for you. There's so many good treatments now for diabetes and uh, certainly, um, you want to get that A1C down, but remember, it's not really the A1C is not the, um, the, the gold standard in controlling your diabetes and preventing damage glycation. Um, the, the goal is to keep your spikes from going up. Mm. Um, that's where all the damage is done. I mean, your A1C may be pretty good, but if you look at your CGM and, and you're spiking all the time, you're getting above that line, then that's when you're having the damage done. So don't be lulled into a false sense of security that my A1C is down to, you know, it's six now or 5.9, 5.7. Uh, if you're still spiking those sugars postprandially, meaning after you eat, then your damage is being done to those blood vessels. And uh, so think about those things we've just talked about. Uh, very important. And in my opinion, very doable. Uh, Teresa, I hope that helps. Um, great uh, discussion there, uh, Doc. I, I I love talking about the A1C question because I know you know there's you know quite a few people who um, who are diagnosed with type two and and you know I, I think we're sending a message of hope here and and um, uh, yeah, type two is curable. Yeah, yeah, curable. Uh, Teresa, I hope that helps. Thank you for uh, for putting that in there. I'm going to go to YouTube and uh, see Riley's question. Um, what do you think about circadian rhythm health and its importance in 
mitochondrial function. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's very important. Circadian rhythms, uh, mm. your sleep, wake cycles, and um, it, it's very important because if that rhythm is off, then it affects your mitochondrial function. You know, we talked a lot about mitochondria this past week. Um, that was one of the main topics. And there's a lot of th things people don't know about my, your mitochondria. And, you know, you think of them as being that part of the cell that puts out ATP, the, all your energy is, is made there, and it is. But it's actually the brains of the cell. Mm. Um you know, it's more important than the nucleus of your cell, as people think of as the brain, the headquarters. Is really your mitochondria are more important than the nucleus of your cell um, because it 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 directs the nucleus and to what to do. And if you're if you're out of rhythm, or say you have um, a lot of toxins in your body, stress being one, then you're mitochondria are always in defense mode, not in energy mode. So think about it. If it's spending all this time defending all these toxins, which stress certainly can be one, so can mold, so can pesticides. I mean, all this junk we're exposed to all, every day, foods, inflammatory foods. Then it's spending all this time playing defense and not offense, pumping out ATP for energy. So you can be chronically tired. And that's, that's the thing about it. You can be chronically tired. If you are chronically tired, your mitochondria are screwed up Interesting. on a cellular level. So you really have to think about that a lot. And we'll, we'll talk more about this. Stay tuned to my podcast about mitochondrial function because it is so important. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff you can do to help it. Uh, not only eating the right foods and exercising, but detoxification use of binders, you know, healing your gut. Um, you know, that, that gut barrier is very involved in your blood brain barrier too. Um, so that's very important. Um, that gut blood barrier, uh, affects your blood brain barrier. So think about that. That's why you get so foggy headed after you eat a meal, an inflammatory yep. meal. You feel foggy headed for hours. One meal can keep your brain inflamed for hours. Unbelievable. It's, uh, it's, it's so interesting how all these things are kind of inter interconnected within, you know, integrated medicine stuff we talk about uh, all the time. Um, I, I have to ask a dumb question because I feel like that's what I'm here for. Um, circadian rhythm health, is that kind of what, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about when, you know, immediately go outside in the morning, you know, look at the sun. Does that set that? Thing, yeah. Is that yeah. part of it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Day, night cycles. Yeah. Is there anything else with the circadian rhythm or is it just about like, you know, um, sleep times and staying in REM sleep or deep sleep for, for. There's a lot of, lot to it, but those are the basics that, okay. you, that you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Riley, thank you so much for that question. It's super interesting. And, and as Doc just mentioned, we're going to talk more and more about uh, mitochondrial health um, 
on the Common Sense MD as well as on this show, the Performance Medicine Show. I'm going to put this up from Stan. This is for uh, Teresa and her husband. Uh, Stan I have uh, is saying, I have type 2 diabetes, a place in California called ADS, Advanced Diabetes Supply. I'm on Medicare. They pay all of my Freestyle Libre. We're checking out. Super cool. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Great information. Uh, that, that will pay all the dividends if you can get one of those. I've, I've worn them. I'm not a diabetic. I just wanted to see what different foods did to my blood sugars. Mm. Very interesting. Um, Stan, thank you so much for, for putting that in here. That's a big um, thing that we're encouraging here on the Performance Medicine Show is if, if you guys have anything that's working for you, um, put in the comments. It can help somebody. Um, so, Stan, thank you so much for putting that in there. Um I hope that helps, Teresa. Um, let's see here. Where am I at? Uh, Sherry's question on Facebook. Uh, how would you treat a 19-year-old with what I believe is hormonal migraines? Would you do something different than birth control? My daughter tried birth control and didn't like the weight gain. Um, I know you talk a lot about um, uh, you've ha- you, you have conversations like this around birth control quite a bit. Yeah, here's the answer. Natural progesterone, mm. a game changer. Very safe. Again, it's bioidentical, um, and it's you can use it usually during the week before the period starts. But yeah, I mean that is a game changer for uh, hormonal migraines mm. uh, for sure. So natural oral progesterone, you can even get it over the counter through a cream in, in most pharmacies. But you know, I like the oral. Uh, prescription compounded bioidentical uh, progesterone. So I think that's probably your answer. Plus two, you know, you have to do all the other things that may trigger it. Look closely at avoiding certain things before the, you know, the week before the period, like sugars, alcohol, drink more water, exercise more, um, because there can be triggers for that. But yeah, think about natural progesterone, not the birth control pill. That's a synthetic uh, combination, uh, progestin. So, um, that may be your answer. Uh, Sherry, I hope that helps. Uh, great, uh, great answer there, doc. Thank you for that. Um, let's get, uh, my brother, Steve, uh, from shield nutraceuticals in the house as he always is on Tuesday evenings. Shout out to you and Sheridan. Uh, what is your preferred natural treatment for a peptic ulcer? Well, you know, if you have a really an ulcer that's been diagnosed on endoscopy, then one thing, you know, we in the last several years we found out that um, most ulcers are caused by H. pylori, which is a bacteria. So, you know, it needs to be treated. Now, if you go to Robin's thing, if if somebody just does not want to take the antibiotic, which is a rough treatment, it's a two-week hellacious treatment. Uh, Robin has uh, some natural treatments for it, mm. but it does. So it depends on, you know, if it is H. pylori uh, or if it's too much acid, too little acid. So, um, you know, you need to heal that ulcer. You certainly don't want it bleeding. You know, back when my dad was a surgeon, when they, they went, they treated a bleeding ulcer by surgery they open you up and cut that part of the stomach out uh, that was bleeding or at least cauterize it. So, um, so, you know, you may need a combination of uh, prescription and natural treatments for a real ulcer. 
mm. you know, diagnosed by endoscopy. Um, then you need to go in there and check and see if it's, um, if it's healed up. Um, but there's a lot of ways to, um, treat what may be, you know, dyspepsia or, uh, reflux or esophagitis or gastritis. Um, you know, first of all, you got to balance that gut microbiome. Of course, I love your digest shield. That's a good place to start. It helps GERD. It helps about everything gut related, but, um, you know, I, I use a lot of, um, other things. It's not really a natural treatment, but sometimes I'll use caraphate, uh, which coats the stomach. It's a, it's a prescription medicine. Um, but there's a lot of other herbs you can use. Um, I'm blanking out on some ones I've used in the past, but, um, some people like silver, coilodal silver for it. Um, but certainly, the dietary changes are, are really good. Um, and check out Robin's podcast on treating H. pylori. You know, it's funny because the uh, doctors that discovered that uh, most peptic ulcers were caused by a bacteria, when they came out with that at the, the Worldwide Gastroenterology Society meetings, they got banned from practicing medicine because of that thought everybody else thought it's too much acid it wasn't too much acid it was it was a bacteria i suspect i think bacteria and infection are cause a lot of things that we we just hadn't figured it out yet like maybe rheumatoid arthritis you know and some of the other autoimmune diseases uh are at least you know initially an infection uh so um Think about those things. Those guys later on, they got the Nobel prize for this, but they were actually banned from practicing medicine because those old timers were stuck in their ways. Like I've said many times, medicine's is so slow to change. It's unbelievable. You know, it's, it's hard to get mainstream medicine to change. Um, it takes years, maybe decades. Super interesting, super interesting conversation. Thank you, Steve, for, uh, for putting in that question. And uh, if anyone wants to dive a little deeper, um, if you search for H. pylori and Robin Riddle, um, our video will show up uh, that explain this video on H. pylori. Um, thank you, Steve. Uh, let's get to, I'm going to put this up. Um, uh, thank you, DG, for sharing this. Uh, my husband has good results taking Stonebreaker that has uh, Chanka Piedra as the main ingredient for uh, kidney stones. Um, thank you for putting this in here. Super interesting. Good, good. Um, let's get to, uh, where am I at? Let's go to Ruth. Uh, is soy yay or nay for women on HRT? Conflicting info out there. Uh, so the question is, is soy yay or nay for women on uh, hormone replacement? That's very conflicting because, you know, I usually say, well, Soy's not great for you. It's too estrogenic, but it has its pluses too um, for certain people, like maybe women that are not getting adequately re replaced. But, um, you know, the soy in this country is really not like the soy in Japan. So um, a lot of times it's contaminated. So it's one of those products that's cheap and mass produced and has a lot of contaminants in it. So that's why I would say nay, 
but you know, there's, there's certain forms of it that you can get organic that may be a yay. Mm. So it is conflicting. Um, but for most people in this country, I would say no, uh, with certain exceptions. Super interesting. Thank you, Ruth, for that. That isn't soy is an interesting topic because I know people who, you know, avoid it at all cost. And uh, so, so Ruth, thank you for for putting that in there. Um, I'm going to uh, get to Roel here. Um, Roel's asking, do you enjoy some dark chocolate every now and then? I know oh, the answer. For sure. Um, yes. Yes. Very. That has one of the highest antioxidant uh, levels of anything. Coffee does too. Um, but yeah, I like the cocoa nibs. Sometimes I'll eat some of those for dessert if I want it. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly healthy for you. There's very little sugar in it. You know, it's mostly good fats. Some people will get reflux with it. It's just like some people get reflux with coffee as well. Mm. So, but yes, I do. I think, uh, it's, I think it's very good for you. All right. Thank you uh, for that, Roel. Uh, Velma is asking on Facebook, Dr. Schultz formula one has helped me so much. Uh, is it safe to take each day? Just like vitamins, uh, no longer constipated. Okay. So no yeah, longer constipated. Yeah. And, um, she's asking if she can keep taking it. You sure can. Yeah. Okay. That's my favorite product for constipation. So mm. many people, we order it by the caseloads. Um, you know, it's really helpful. It's a non-stimulant herbal formulation. Um, I've had a couple of people that gave reflux, but very few, but yes, you can take it daily. Start out with one pill at supper time, and then you can go two pills. If one doesn't work, three pills, four pills, um, at the same time, just whatever works for you. But I think it's very, it's the best formula I've seen for constipation. Mm. Super interesting. Uh, Velma, thank you for, uh, for putting that in there. Great question. Uh, it looks like we've gotten through all the questions. If anybody has a last minute one, go ahead and put it in there. Uh, but if not, man, this has been a great show. Um, great questions, great sharing, uh, of things that are working. I really appreciate, uh, Stan and DG and, uh, Carter, you guys sharing, uh, what's working for y'all really, really, um, helps out the community here. Um, you know, as you guys know, we alluded to this earlier in the show, um, Ike and Izzy are off to medical school. Um, we told them that, uh, you know, we have to, to, <laughs> they have to, <laughs> you know, so. what happened was Izzy heard my lecture on methylene blue and she wanted some, she knew it was very healthy for you, but she overdid it. You know, she got into the package. I think it was really Ike's fault. There's our carpet and yeah. there's the wood, which we can't get out of the carpet. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> to all our, uh, our methylene blue enthusiasts, if you know, you know, um, yeah. you guys you might gotta be careful with methylene blue. It's a stain. <laughs> Definitely here's a, here's a, stain. a little message here from, from Ike and Izzy with their new cuts, uh, to the PM show family. We're sorry for not being there to close the show out tonight. Izzy and I are at obedience school, learning the rules. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a couple of weeks, Dr. Ike and Nurse Izzy. They, uh, they're going to come back uh, ready to roll here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I hope Ike and Izzy know we're thinking about them. And I know you guys uh, here in the audience tonight are thinking about them as well. Uh, they will be back uh, super, super soon. Uh, they look great as they always do. And uh, golly, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for, for putting that up there, Mom. 
Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? Searching for it. There we go. Uh, how cool is that? So cool. Uh, I are, miss them. I miss them greatly. Are you doing okay? Yeah. Like, let, let's just, guys, we need a, we need a, a second here. I'm kind of depressed. How are you? Let's just, I'm let's just depressed. cut to the chase. I'm kind of depressed. <laughs> I don't want to get on Prozac or anything like that, but I'm kind of depressed. You know, I got to uh, just realize there's hope out there, you know, so. I'm going to put this up. Montana, I have to exercise more. Montana's our nurse in the West Knoxville office, and she's saying that uh, maybe Izzy took it a bit too seriously. We 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 yeah. only said eight drops. Um, yeah, eight drops in four, <laughs> four. We didn't say break into the whole bottle. Yeah, you know? I mean, come on. Uh, let's just, you know. Let's be let's be calm about it. Uh, Linda's, I think Ike was a ringleader on that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, anybody who's taken uh, uh, methylene blue can relate um, to. <laughs> I see uh, Mike's and Mike, Max and Sippa might have to visit them. Yeah, Max and Sippa are cool dogs. They're great dogs. <laughs> they wouldn't do something like that. I don't think. Uh, well, I can't wait to see them again. Uh, obviously. Uh, everyone here misses them. We do too. Uh, well, Pop, how do you think we did? You think we did okay, even without Ike and Izzy? You, 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 you still brought you know, the it's energy. Kind of, it's sad that they're not here to close out the show, but um, would you like me to play a tune on my guitar to close it out? <laughs> no, I won't. We'll have to, we'll, we'll have to, you know, uh, create a little, little outro song uh, that you play for the, uh, for the PM uh, show crew. Uh, but man, I appreciate it. I give you a 10, honestly. Like you were, you were an no, absolute 10 tonight. I would give you a 10. I'd give me a five. You were a 10. You were a 10. I thought we, uh, we both, we brought the thunder. Uh, my brother, Steve saying a 10. Um, I thought we did great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had a very good answer for Steve, but. No, uh, you know, the, the, the peptic ulcer, the, the H. pylori thing is a, is a really interesting topic. Uh, Deborah saying a 10. Thank you, Deborah. We appreciate that. Thank you, Deborah. Um, our, our media team is saying no, a song. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.